0: Good morning. My name is Marissa Saba, and I am currently a senior at Sarasota High School, and I'll be reading our scripture passage today. It comes from the 23rd chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, beginning with the first verse. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore, do whatever they teach you and follow it. But do not as they do, for they do not practice what they teach. They tie up heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on the shoulders of others. But they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. They do all their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. They love to have the place of honor at banquets and the best seats in the synagogues, and do and to be greeted with respect in the marketplace, and to have people call them rabbi. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all students. And call no one your father on earth, for you have one father, the one in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant. All who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. This
1: is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Marissa, for reading the scripture for us today. This is going to be more like storytelling, so please get comfortable in your seats. Now let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. How many of you know that today is All Saints Sunday? And November 1st was All Saints Day, so most of you, if not all of you know this is All Saints Sunday. Saints are people who are recognized of having an exceptional degree of holiness likeness, or closeness to God. They are people who live their lives as God's love, sacrificing their gain for others' sake. Some saints are in heaven, as we all know, and some are among us. From the 4th century, All Saints Day was started to remember Christian martyrs or people who died for their Christian faith. In the ninth century, churches began honoring all saints on November 1st. On All Saints Sunday, like today, the dead are solemnly remembered in worship as we do today. If you look inside your bulletin, you'll see a list of the saints that we know. The celebration is ultimately of Christian victory over Christ's victory over death in our relationship with God. In some communities, giving gifts and gathering as families and decorating graves are also practiced. The All Saints Sunday has component of feasting. It is practiced by the Roman Catholic Church, the Eastern Orthodox Church, the Lutheran Churches, the Anglican Communion, the Methodist Churches, and the Church of the Nazarenes, The Reformed churches, including us Presbyterians, to name a few. Of course, I would know whatever has a feast component in it. (laughs) In the Presbyterian or Reformed tradition, we have a particular understanding of saints. Saints are people who have been made good solely by God, not by their doing good. They are made solely good by God and God's love and grace in Jesus Christ. This means all believers in Jesus Christ are saints. You are saints. One of my favorite ways to observe All Saints Sunday was to take the confirmation class to visit one of the living saints. I'll give you an example. While I was serving in Louisville, Kentucky, I took confirmation class, eighth graders they were, to meet one of the living saints of the church named Emery Willie. At his nursing home, he was the head of what was called Emery's Army. They did every week on Wednesdays free work of fixing whatever the church needs fixing and church members' homes too. They did this for years. Emery and his army would among other things, would paint anywhere anything you ask them to pray, as long as it is a shade of brown color. <laughs> because the name of the church was Harvey Brown Memorial Presbyterian Church. I once attended All Saints Sunday Feast as a pres- at a Presbyterian Church in Richmond, Virginia. If I remember correctly, I think it's called Ginter Park Presbyterian Church. When I was a student there, Everyone dressed up like their favorite saints in the Bible or their favorite saints among the living. We had food and drinks and conversations and a short lecture by somebody about saints. It was so much fun. So 10 years ago when I arrived, I decided to try that here, flunked. (laughs) So it wasn't really well participated. If we try it again next year, November 1st, Sunday evening, how many of you would participate Dress up like a saint? See, only three or four hands. It's not going to go again. It's actually really fun. So anyways, maybe I'll still push it again. Saints, saints are humble people in my culture. Chapter 6, verse 8, we read, He has told you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. The Cambridge English Dictionary defines humility as the feeling or attitude that you have no special importance that makes you better than others. Humility is something you cannot say about yourself. As soon as you say you're humble, it proves you are not. (laughs) There is John the Baptist in the Bible who humbly understood his simple introductory role. He said of Jesus, he must increase, but I must decrease. There is Jesus as Messiah who came as a surprising and humble contrast to conventional kings this was predicted in Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9 it says rejoice your king is coming to you righteous and having salvation is he humble and mounted on a donkey on a colt the foal of a donkey personally i cannot think of any more humble than my favorite saint Who is Mother Teresa? In our scripture today, Matthew chapter 23, verse 12b, that we heard, Mother Teresa's entire life was living. We heard Matthew chapter 23, verse 12, Jesus said, And all who humble themselves will be exalted. Mother Teresa's entire life was living that scripture, and she was exalted in death. I mentioned Mother Teresa here and then, now and then, in sermons here at Church of the Palms, but today I would like to tell more of her story. I think we have some pictures. There's Mother Teresa, a young person. Mother Teresa was born in... Skoje in Albania, on August 26, 1910. Her father died when she was only eight years old. In her early years, she admired and was fascinated by stories of the lives of missionaries in India. By age 12, she decided that she was convinced to live a life of a religious life. In 1928, at age 18, she left home to join the Sisters of Loreto in Ireland. She never saw her mother and sister again. In 1929, she began her novitiate in Darjeeling, India, where she learned the Bengali language, which I know is very difficult, and taught at St. Teresa's School. She took her first religious vows on May 24, 1931, choosing to be named Teresa. On May 14, 1937, she took her vows as a nun. She served as a teacher in eastern Calcutta for nearly 20 years, becoming headmistress in 1944. Mother Teresa was increasingly disturbed by the poverty around, outside the convent in Calcutta. In 1943, the Bengal famine brought misery and death to the city of Calcutta. The 1946 Direct Action Day began a period of Muslim and Hindu conflict and violence. On September 10, 1946, Teresa experienced what she later described a call within a call. She had a vision from God, one riding in the train to Darjeeling, in which she was to leave the convent and help the poor while living among them. It was an order to fail would be, to have been, to have been, to, (coughs) to break the faith, sorry, I'm not any more dangerous than usual, (coughs) just allergies. So um, she received permission to leave the convent school, although she had no money. She depended on divine providence and started an open-air school for slum children. Here is a story, one of my favorite stories of Mother Teresa. It is known that Mother Teresa taught the children by riding in the dirt with sticks to teach the children in the slum of Calcutta. Soon she was joined by volunteer helpers, and financial support followed. This made it possible for her to extend the scope of her ministry among the poor. On October 7, 1950, so she was born in 10, so she was 40 years old, she started her own order called the Missionaries of Charity, whose primary task is to love and care for those persons nobody wanted. She chose a white sari with two blue borders for the order's habit, as you see in the picture. In 1965, the society became an international religious family by the decree of Pope Paul VI. Mother Teresa wrote in her diary that her first year was fraught with difficulty. With no income, she begged for food and supplies and experienced doubt, loneliness, the temptation to return to the comfort of her convent life. She said, today I learned good, a good lesson. The poverty of the poor must be so hard for them. While looking for a home, I walked and walked till my arms and leg ached. I thought how much they must ache in body and soul, looking for a home, food, and health." Mother Teresa said, by blood, I am Albanian by citizenship and Indian by faith. I am a Catholic nun. She also said, as to my calling, I belong to the world. As to my heart, I belong entirely to the heart of Jesus. In her words, her order missionaries of charities would care for the hungry, the naked, the homeless, the crippled, the blind, the lepers, all those people who feel unwanted, unloved, uncared for throughout society. People that have become a burden to the society and people who are shunned by everyone. The sisters took vows of chastity, poverty, obedience, and to give wholehearted, free service to the poorest of the poor. In 1952, Mother Teresa converted an abundant Hindu temple into the Kali God, home for the dying and destitute. Mother Teresa and the sisters would go into the city, and this van on both sides has missionaries of of charity. They will go into the city and they will pick up people who are abandoned, homeless, and poor, men and women. They would bring them back to Kaligad, clean them up, clothe them, feed them, and put them in nice, clean beds and look after them until the last day of their lives. I did part of my seminary internship there in the mid-'80s. That is where I witnessed Mother Teresa cupping each face of these poor people, saying, I love you, looking right in their eyes because God loves you. She opened a hospice house for those with leprosy, calling it Shanti Nagar, or City of Peace. In 1955, when she was Forty-five years old, Mother Teresa opened Shishu Bhavan, the children's home. I did most of my seminary internship there also in the mid-80s. It's a marvelous place. Children from birth to much older, 18 and beyond, are there. Lots of days when they open their front gate, they find the sisters find babies in baskets and just and wrapped in cloth outside of the the gate for them to bring in and to care for. It's a fantastic experience. If you ever want to experience about love, real pure love of God, I highly recommend you go volunteer there sometimes. In the 1960s, Mother Teresa opened hospices, orphanages, and leper houses throughout India, and then in Venezuela, Italy, Tanzania, Austria, in the United States, and in dozens of countries in Asia, Africa, and Europe. If she has done all this, how can she be thought of a humble person, you might ask? Mother Teresa claimed all she did was in simple obedience to God's call. Her work was utterly dependent upon God's provision. For instance, again, one of my other favorite stories. One night, the sisters came to mother and said, Mother, we don't have anything to cook to feed the children tomorrow morning. What do we do? She said to them, we pray. The Lord will provide. In the morning, there was a big truck and with... Full of bags of rice and lentils in the truck, came to the gate of the that Chishubavan, the children's home, and there was a man. This was sent by a man and his wife in the city um, for the children and the sisters who lived there. So there was plenty of food for a long time for the children and the sisters. The Lord did provide. Mother Teresa had a heart attack in 1983 while she was visiting uh, Pope John Paul II. Following a second heart attack in 1989, she received a pacemaker. On March 13, 1997, Mother Teresa resigned as the head of the Missionaries of Charity. She died on September 5. The last time I saw her was four months before she died. Mother Teresa was given a state funeral by the government of India. After all, she was one person, the whole nation of India called Mother. The crowd stopped the carriage and lifted up and carried the coffin by hand over their heads as spontaneous tribute to her life. I remember watching it on TV, um, because her funeral was broadcast globally. By 2012, the order missionaries of charity had grown to have 4,500 nuns across 133 countries, managing homes for the dying, soup kitchens, dispensary, mobile clinics, counseling programs, orphanages, and schools. On September 4, 2016, Mother Teresa was declared a saint by Pope Francis. I'd like to share for you to listen to some of what Mother Teresa said. If you judge people, you have no time to love them. Not all of us can do great things, but we can do small things with great love. Every time you smile at someone, it is an action of love, a gift to that person, a beautiful thing. The most terrible poverty is loneliness and the feeling of being unloved. Here is my very favorite Yesterday is gone, tomorrow has not yet come. We have only today, let us begin. As Proverbs chapter 18, verse 12b reads in the Bible, humility goes before honor. Humility goes before honor. Mother Teresa lived that. On this All Saints Day, All Saints Sunday, I invite all of you, To consider living a life of humility, depending all of our lives in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God for all the saints who from their labors rest. Amen. We give you thanks, O God, for all the saints who from their labor, rest. And we give you thanks for all the saints who live among us. Teach us to live as your saints. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.